Blog Talk Radio. This is BC Radio Live with Philip and Eric. Live online at blogtalkradio.com slash bcradio. Aloha! Tonight on BC Radio Live, we are going to talk to Dr. David Lindsay, author of Ending the Food Fight and Guide Your Child to a Healthy Weight in a Fast Food Fake World. We will also spend some time hearing from Daniel R. Smolin about his book, The Smartest 401k book that ever read, Maximize Your Retirement Savings the Smart Way. Before that, we will chat with Scott Morrow of Zimdex.com, social shopping network. But first up, we'll have a conversation with Shannon St. Ryan about the C4 Project Story Made Concept Album. Today is Wednesday, July the 23rd, and this is BC Radio Live. The chat room is now open at blogtalkradio.com slash bcradio, and the mysterious live video feed is now running. I am Philip Wynn, button pusher for BC Radio Live and chief geek at BC Magazine, and I am joined tonight by Eric Olson and Lisa McKay. Eric is BC Magazine's founder and publisher, and Lisa is BC Magazine's executive editor. Welcome to the show, guys. Hi, Philip. How are you? Good to be back at the Dexter Lake Club. <laughs> well, I'm doing well, and how about you, Lisa? I'm good, thanks. Still no iPhones? Still no iPhones. We are waiting. We're tracking the progress week by week. The order has been placed. We are waiting for the AT&T store to have them in stock, and then... You can join all the cool kids. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not holding out hope for this week, and maybe not even holding out hope for next week. We'll see. Ooh, I guess that's a good problem to have. But I bet if they could have manufactured twice as many, they'd be a lot happier. Yeah, I, I sort of don't understand how they failed to anticipate the demand. Really, it it boggles the mind. It's all it's all due to Steve's health. Eric, yeah, Eric you're, you're next. We need to get you on the iPhone train. Yeah, I was talking to someone today, and uh, he said he, he lives in San Francisco. He was going to literally have to take off work and Stay go in, in the morning and, you know, hope to get it during the day. He said they're gone by, you know, by, by mid-morning, like right after the stores open, and not even any hope on the weekend. So, I mean, that just shows you how crazy it is. I uh, I don't know how I feel about it. I, I think probably I do need to kind of take the next step. My phone is, I mean, I do finally at least use my mobile phone. I didn't even own one till, uh till fairly recently. I had one a while back, but never used it, so that, that one doesn't count. And, you know, this one I'm at least starting to kind of get in the habit of using it, and it is certainly convenient when you're traveling around to have access and to call and check up and let people sure, know sure. all that. So, you know, I realize there's there's a whole other level of of uh, services and whatnot that are available on the more sophisticated phones. I, I have a hard time imagining listening to music on the phone because I've heard the sound quality and it... <laughs> that's, what the, that's what the earphones are for. Uh, that could be. <laughs> but uh, still, it's not like super funky, fresh, great. And but you know sure I could I could certainly see the advantages of having you know easy quick access to the internet kind of anywhere anytime uh, I realize it's not quite that easy I think you got to buy a what? a separate service don't you to to have internet access all over the well the, you, 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 
you pay a separate payment, but it's all part of one transaction. I tell you, maybe after you see Lisa and I using our iPhones in Las Vegas, you'll just you'll have to bite the bullet. <laughs> maybe you know, there's some in some ways I'm I, I mean I'm not a luddite, but in some ways I'm 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 always happy to be kind of behind the curve. Uh, you know, in other in other areas where I suppose I have a, a stronger personal interest, you know, I, I, like I'm really interested in audio and video, and sure. I, I keep up on the kind of the cutting edge of that. And not that I can afford, and nor do I own anything literally cutting edge, but but I'm at least kind of more attuned to that. This stuff, I'm kind of kind of re- I'm willing for them to get the bugs out, you know, before I jump into it. And for the prices to come down a little, you know, they're still pretty high. Uh, but, you know, everything you hear pretty much about the iPhone is is good. So, I mean, it's got that going for it. Obviously, if it's in this kind of demand, people must be pretty happy about it. Sure. Well, we've uh, we've probably given enough free commercial time to Apple for this week. We'll we'll have to do it again next week when we see if Lisa's been lucky this week or not. Our first guest tonight is responsible for the T4 project, and uh, here's a little sample from the T4 project story-based concept album to start things off. This is Underground. Underground from the T4 Project's story-based concept album, an album several years in the making. The website is vt4project.com. We've spoken before with a few of the people who contributed to the album, uh, but here now we're going to spend some time with the mastermind behind the T4 Project, Shannon St. Ryan. Welcome to BC Radio Live. Good evening, Philip, Eric, and Lisa. (laughs) Ah, Good job. You get many points for knowing our names and everything. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, as Philip was saying, of course, we talked to you guys, or we talked to you know band members uh, back in May. I can't believe it's been that long already. Time really does fly. But you were having trouble squeezing in. There was all these issues with the phone, and so you know we we, we had a great time talking. Uh, it, it was it was Hetson Cruz, Spike, and then you came on. At the end, and but we really didn't have a whole lot of time to talk to you, and of course, it's your project primarily, and so yeah, the, the interesting thing with that with that um, that exchange back then was that we had everyone calling in from different areas of the world, so <laughs> literally the world, yeah, yeah it, it yeah, was. It, 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 it sort of was a uh, an interesting demonstration of of the reach of the project itself. The other thing that's changed is I've had a chance to uh, to, to listen to a lot more of it, and. You know, you know what I did not pick up on before is a lot of the the best songs to me are very and, and not in a derivative way, but are very clash like. And man, there is almost no higher praise, at least that come from my lips. There's some songs there that would really fit in absolutely well on on a, on any classic Clash album. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, you I are welcome. That. Have you heard that before? The Clash. Uh, 
Um, I haven't heard of them, but I'll check them out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I figured you'd maybe. <laughs> no, no, I've heard them. Yeah, all right. No, I, well, I, I'm sure you have heard them. I meant, had you heard that comparison before? <laughs> no, no, but that's a wonderful comparison. Yeah. Yeah, nice. I mean, it kind of jumped out at me. It was, it was several songs. Well, you know, a few songs, and uh, I, th- I think it was more like your voice is probably a little more toward the toward the uh, Mick Jones side of it. But, but not only you, you have a little more a roughness to your voice than he does. Uh, you know, so it's, it's kind of halfway between. You're you're like a blending of of uh, of uh, uh, Mick and the uh, and the late great Joe Strummer. All right. Well, um, yeah, I think a lot of um, the mixing came through as well in that way, keeping it nice and raw. Is a is quite a contrast to what's popular nowadays, which is you know very polished polished mixes and super loud. I wanted to keep the dynamics there, um, and if you squish a mix too much in the mastering process that's what happens yeah right so, uh, we, we did the opposite and as well for the album being a concept album is is uh quite uh quite different sort of radical now because everything's singles so i wanted to i wanted to do more of an art piece the whole you know a complete album to um bring it back uh and also it's it's quite obnoxious doing that especially since it was all concept albums when punk got up and said, screw this, this is awful, you know, so it's, it's bringing it, it's everything rolled into into a bowl, you know. So, you know, we talked quite a bit, uh, again, especially with your with your bandmates about kind of the genesis of it and all that. What's been going on in the last couple months? I noticed a real interesting aspect to it is on your MySpace page, which is www.myspace.com slash T, the letter T, the number four, and then the word project that you're doing posters for each song is that is that what I'm seeing oh, there up at yeah, the top? Yeah, this is this is magic. It's um, well, I got together with Keith Keith Ross and the artist who did all the illustrations, and um, we wanted to add more depth to the story. And uh, so what we've done is created twelve brand new illustrations, which are. Um, it's just in between what happens in the booklet. There's a 24-page booklet that is with the album, so the, the songs are brought to life um, visually. So we're, we're creating these new illustrations, which uh, they come out every two weeks. So uh, every two weeks we put one up, and people can download the image, and they go and stick them up in, in creative places, and whoever you know, whoever has the most creative place to stick it up in, they they get to win that week where um, there's 12 posters, so there's 12 winners. And by November, we'll be releasing a giant poster where all the winners have been drawn into this. So fans of the record can become characters in the story. And uh, it's developing. It's, you see it like live developing on the, the MySpace page. It's, it's great. Wow, how cool is that? Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know about that. That's That's some really exciting stuff. Now, uh, in, in looking at the MySpace too, it looks like you've got an awful lot of press. What's what's been going on over the last uh, a couple months? I mean, what's what what kind of response are you guys getting? And are you going to do anything live with this, or yeah, is it just too complicated? The goal is to do two shows in LA, where we'll fly everyone out for a week, and we'll do a couple rehearsals to uh, brush off the cobwebs, and then um, yeah, do two nights. So that's being put together now. Um, you know, organizing all of it—it's—it's—it's uh, it's, it's quite a load. But but then again, 
it's going to be fantastic. Well, yeah, I, w- I would say anyone who could pull off uh, getting all those people together and and getting him to uh, a, a guy who was relatively unknown, as I understand it, coming into the project, and you you picked up all these the the, the punk hierarchy, and they're all you know coming came together on the project, and they're really supporting it. And you know, again, we heard from a, several of them la- a couple months ago here on the show. Uh, you know, for someone who could put that together, I'm, I'm sure you can pull this off. What time frame are you aiming for for the live shows? The, the goal would be for December. Um, towards because that's when it makes it easier because everyone's coming off of tours and there's a dozen people involved in the project so and they all tour very heavily so there's a good a good window there uh, towards the end of December um, so so yeah fingers crossed toes crossed everything crossed excellent with all this great response you've been getting in the press does anything particularly stand out you know did did anyone come up with uh, something that you you know, particularly struck you as as insightful or or interesting, or just that you were particularly excited about everything. I mean, I have to say, in general, just everything. I'll, I'll read as much as I, as I can, you know, get my eyes on and um, listen to the feedback I can. And um, it's it's great to hear everyone's opinions on it. And, and most importantly, is is that it's inspiring people to go out and do something as well to, to create something that you don't feel lost while you're working your 40 hours at work. Because, I, I mean, I put this together while having a full-time day job, and I couldn't get funding for it. Um, you know, labels were very, very um, hesitant about putting money into it because the music industry is changing. So um, I didn't want to let that, you know, stop stop a dream. So... There's, it's just a barrier, and there's, there's ways around barriers. You go around them, you smash through them, and um, and it's. I, I honestly believe that anyone can do it. Anyone can do it. It's. Um, you just got to be persistent and and keep going. And so to have the opportunity to work with these musicians that were posters on your wall when you're growing up, you know these these artists, and it's a dream come true being in the studio and working with them. Absolutely magic. Sure. Let, let me jump in here, and uh, we're running low on time, and I want to make sure we play at least one more sample, if not two more. So um, jump in and uh, play a little bit of a song called Jumped. From the T4 Project story-based concept album, you can order your copy from thet4project.com. Carry on. Who's going to carry on? <laughs> I I don't know. I guess we all are, uh, Philip. Uh, <laughs> Eric, Eric, feel free. Yeah, I just wanted to interrupt to make sure we got another sample on there. Uh, as, as well, you should have absolutely. And uh, yeah, so so that's the. The uh, MySpace. Uh, do we say the MySpace uh, site? In addition, we I don't want to. We haven't yet. 
haven't yet. Well, I mentioned oh, no, it. You've said it. You've said it. It's all right. And then people can hit rewind if they want. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. right. Well, I will mention it again. It's www. Uh, and there's also a spot on the mentalrecords.net site. But uh, what we're talking about here is the cool guy at MySpace site, which is www.myspace.com slash T, the letter T, number four, project. And that's where you can get great pictures of uh, of the illustrations being put together for uh, the individual songs and uh, all leading up to and a, and a contest for for where they're the most the coolest place where they're placed and the winners of that will be featured themselves in a uh, a poster uh, when the whole thing is done in November and we're aiming for a couple of concerts with the whole band the whole production is this going to be like a a Tommy kind of thing? Are we are we going all out here? We we um, well, we'll be theatrical. Uh, um, Mental Records is a like a multimedia label, and they do set design and all sorts. So, I mean, it would make sense to bring some of the artwork to life with sets. Uh, you know, it's everything has to be tasteful. It, it's it's got to keep with the integrity of the piece. There's a lot of work put into it, and um, you know, the worst thing to do would be to throw it all away. So. Definitely, um, we'll we'll keep the integrity there. Wow! Well, that will be really exciting. I'm looking forward to that, and I bet I bet the response will be tremendous because I think when people see it in in the multimedia setting and see it live and and have this thing brought into 3D, I think that's really going to be something. Well, it's great talking to you again, Shannon, and, and yeah, good luck with getting well. everything together. We'd we'd love to talk to you again either right before or maybe right after the. The concerts in December and see how it went and see what yeah. the response last time, is. Last time we spoke, I was uh, I was in LA and this time I'm in I'm actually in England right now. Oh, so are you? Know. You so sound more British this time. <laughs> right. I came over to brush up. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, um, I was thinking you were talking about the iPhone and, uh, and they're probably going to advertise it out here as the Yes phone. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Very good. Well, we do have. Uh, we're going to squeeze in one more sample. Uh, I'm going to play a little bit of the song "Resolution." Uh, thanks very much for talking with us again tonight, Shannon. Yeah. I'm glad you were able to get through and have uh, fewer technical problems. Yeah, and best of luck putting the whole thing together, the live show. That'll be really great. Thank you very much. You take care. All right. Thanks, Shannon. Bye bye. Resolution, the 10th musical track from the T4 Project's story-based concept album. 
So the site for more details is the t4project.com or as we've mentioned a couple times myspace.com slash t4project. You can order, an, or, uh, order a copy of the album at either one of those sites or at blogtalkradio.com slash bcradio. This is BC Radio Live with Eric, Lisa, and me, Philip. Join us live each week at 9 p.m. Eastern at blogtalkradio.com slash bcradio. The Internet has changed the way we shop. We can order online whilst in our pajamas, and we can even price compare to ensure we're getting the best possible deal from anywhere in the world. Thisnext.com wants to add something more to our online shopping experience, and here to talk with us about it is Scott Morrow, the president of Thisnext.com. Welcome to BC Radio Live, Scott. Oh, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Hi, Scott. Hi, how are you? I am funky fresh, and you? Excellent. Oh, I couldn't be better. Southern California, Santa Monica, life's good. You are you are rocking. Well, I'm sitting here in Aurora, Ohio, and man, it is a cool and rainy day today. Oh, Down wow. into the 60s and lots of lots of wetness. So we, we've had a drastic change in the weather. Well, sorry to hear that. It's 75, sunny, and uh, all around gorgeous here. Well, as well it should be. Well, the beautiful part about it is maybe we're uh, this show is a, a bit of a demonstration, perhaps, of uh, how technology's changed the way we do most things. You're you're on a live radio show that's streaming around the internet. You're calling from Southern California. Uh, I'm in Dallas, Texas. Eric is in Aurora, Ohio. Lisa's calling from somewhere up in the Northeast that I I can never remember. And we're all we're all dialing in. <laughs> we're all dialing into a radio show that's actually hosted in uh, in New York. Connecticut. So, uh, there She's go, in Connecticut. Connecticut. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Sorry, Lisa. Well, but it counts. It's also close yeah. together up there. I, I lose track. <laughs> and, and I'm I, blogging and IMing as we're talking. Just kidding. There we go. Wow. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, I thought social shopping meant that society should buy me stuff. But I, I think that this next is working on some other principles. Why don't you tell us about that? Maybe walk us through what would happen when someone joins and, and just give us the basic feel for it. Sure. Well, just a little bit of history. Social shopping really is an offshoot of the type of consumer behavior that already exists in the real world. And when I say real world, I mean when people go to malls and they go to retail stores, they essentially buy things largely on the recommendations of the either the people they know, the people they meet, or authorities that they trust. So it's those personal product recommendations, which really is the genesis of the idea that launched ThisNext. Uh, ThisNext.com is an online social shopping network which creates a collection of really terrific products that have been recommended by our community of users. Those recommended products help everyday shoppers like myself or you guys who are looking for great products that have been recommended by a validated group of community users. So it's a pretty simple concept, but a pretty profound and powerful um, you know, idea of, look, let's go through the filter of trying to figure out what products you like, what products you love, what products help you get those gifts that you're looking for for your relatives or your loved ones or for seasonal or holidays or if you just want to stay up to speed on the latest trends or be in the know, our site is about helping you discover great products. And it's a terrific consumer resource, and uh, we've seen tremendous uh, traction. Um, we launched a couple years ago, and so far we've had over 20 million 
shoppers come to our site and discover great products. Um, and you know, like I said, our our, our catalog is comprised 100% of recommended products for those users. And there are really three different types of, of use cases or three different types of situations where users would find our site of value. The first is I've made a selection, and let's take a real-life example. Uh, in California, there are new laws that prevent um, people from talking on their cell phone, and you have to actually now use a headset. And so there are a lot of people who are wondering, well, what kind of headset should I get? What works with my phone? So you, know, you can start and really do all the research on yourself, yourself, or you could actually go to our site and find out which uh, wireless headsets have been recommended by our users. So there's an example of you know, really wanting your product choice to be validated by someone who has already purchased or owned or used that headset before, and it gives you more assurance and trust and validates that decision. So it's, it's just a great way to kind of feel good about the decision that you make. That's one use case. The second use case would be you know, the holidays are around the corner, or you may be trying to find a gift for a friend or a baby shower. Um, we have both tools and information that can help you find the right gift that's unique, that helps you stand out, and makes you feel like, uh, you know what, I really nailed it. I got something this person truly loved. So in that case, it's really like help me find what I need. And in the third case, we find increasingly people, especially uh, we find especially females, they love to stay in the know. They love to spot trends. They love to know what's around the corner, what's the latest fashion, what's the latest in home, garden, and design. And our site is a great resource to spot those trends, to stay in the know, and to actually just feel cool. You know, it's, it's, just a, it's a great resource for just knowing what's out there. So those are three good examples of you know, why a, a consumer would use our site. And in terms of the people that make the recommendations, the reason they make them is it's a great form of self-expression. You know, what you buy says a lot about who you are. It's, 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 it has a lot to do with your identity or your personal brand. And we find that a lot of our users love expressing themselves and saying, I love these products. These products help define who I am, and they form a bit about my digital identity. They make me who I am in my personal brand. And so we're a great platform for the people who love products to come, recommend those products, associate their name with those products, and then to interact with all the shoppers who have a need to find great products. Wow, interesting. That those these are the kind of interviews I like. You know, you ask one question and man, let the guy roll. <laughs> oh, I could go on and on. No, that's a great description. <laughs> really, really, really very good. Um, now, now I'm just curious, just looking at the site, what is your business model? Is there advertising? I'm just looking at the front page, but I don't see advertising. How, how, where, how are you making your money? We have two forms of uh, revenue at this point. Uh, first, like most online companies that, that you know, create usage and have lots of users, we sell display advertising, so traditional graphical units that are sold on a cost-per-thousand impression basis. Um, we have that as one form of, of revenue. The other is we deliver high-value leads to the retailers that sell the products on our site. And when we deliver a user to those retailers to purchase that product, we get paid a lead fee for that, for that, um, for that transaction. So you know, at the end of the day, we, drive, we create lots of uh, demand for these great products. And when we drive leads to retailers, 
we get paid a lead fee as part of that as part of that process. And we also have traditional advertisers who just want to get their brand in front of our high value audience, and we have traditional ad units for that. Cool. All right. Well, that makes sense. That's that's certainly what I would have thought. And huh, that's our model too. By golly, on <laughs> Blog Critics, we sell advertising, and then we're an Amazon affiliate. We because we found that. Uh, by being a you know very broad based um, uh, review oriented, but certainly not only reviews. We we just did a study in fact today where right now we're at about 65% reviews, which is the highest it's ever been. The other stories being news stories, opinion stories, and interviews and whatnot. Uh, but anyway, um, we're we're an Amazon affiliate, and that's that's been good. We found if we try to introduce others, it confuses them. But you know, clearly you're a different sort of thing. So if I'm new to the site, um, just I, I'd I'd love to see some of the things you talked about, kind of implemented. Just walk us through it, maybe, and actually sure. go into to specific examples. Like let's say um, I, I was interested in the part where you're saying you know women in particular, but you know people, women in particular, perhaps. Uh, are interested in just really staying up on the latest trends and what's going on. How how would I use the site to do that? Sure. So there are a couple of ways. Um, one, uh, let's go to the home page. So if you just go to thisnext.com, um, I'll just kind of walk you through this experience. Um, you'll see we've organized our page really in three principal layers. One is all the people who have made product recommendations on the site. So this is um, a real-time reflection of once someone's added a recommendation to the site, their picture will appear in this bar. And if you see the little scroll button above the uh, picture images, you can just click through there and get a, a good glimpse of what our community of people who recommend products looks like. You know, we find that when you combine the pictures and the profiles that are behind these pictures, so if you were to click through these pictures, you'd get a sense of, how many recommendations this person has made? You know, are they influential in fashion? Are they influential in what city? And it gives you a real good understanding of the stats and the level of engagement that each of these users has, and it gives you context. Because one of the problems with a lot of uh, user-driven uh, sites is you have no idea who these people are, are they credible, are they not? And one of the things that we do to call out our most influential members is we have the Maven badge, or in some cases, it's, there's, there's an expert badge that says these people have made a lot of recommendations. They're very influential. They've been validated by our community, and you should put a lot of faith and trust in their opinions. So it's a great way for you to follow people that have been validated by our community and by our site and by our staff that you can trust the recommendations they make are high quality. So that's one way that you could you know, follow uh, the, the latest and greatest. Well, I'll the tell you what. Uh, oh, hold on. Un unfortunately, we have we have run out of time. We have a busy show, and we we end up having to uh, cut short. Yep. So uh, we will just tell people that the site is thisnext.com, and they can start at the top of the page with the people we recommend and follow the profiles uh, that he was just talking about. I found an expert Maven as I was scrolling along as you were talking there, as yep. well as a bunch of Mavens. I did too. Uh, Mine was particularly yeah. attractive. <laughs> and I'll tell you one last thing. One last great yeah. way is under the Explore tab at the top of the page. If you click on that, it says Watch People Shop. I would highly encourage you to click on Watch People Shop, and it's a global map in a real-time feed of all the recommendations that are happening from around the world that are showing up on thisnext.com. It's a oh, such a cool. fun, useful cool. way 
for you to see where the recommendations are coming from, what they look like. I literally put this on my screen, and I just watch it for you know hours at a time because it's so fascinating <laughs> to watch. That is pretty cool. The site is thisnext.com, and you can sign up and get started, poke around for free. And uh, thank you very much for talking with us tonight, Scott. Thanks for your time, Scott. Guys, it's enjoyable. Well, you are listening to BC Radio Live, a weekly live radio show from BC Magazine at blogcritics.org. Uh, I'm your announcer, Philip, and my co-hosts tonight are Lisa and Eric. Now, if you're fortunate enough to work for a company that provides you a 401k investment option, especially one that features employer matching, you might consider participation a no-brainer. Our next guest, author Daniel R. Sullen, takes issue with that. His latest book is called The Smartest 401k Book You'll Ever Read, Maximize Your Retirement Savings the Smart Way. And you can find out more at the website smartestinvestmentbook.com. Also, welcome to BC Radio Live, Daniel. Thank you. Very nice to be with you. Well, I, speaking for myself, I don't have a 401k. I'm guessing Eric doesn't either, but I, I checked before the show to find out that uh, Lisa or someone in her family does. So at least we, we know a little bit about what we're talking about. Well, it would be Lisa <laughs> and about 50 million Americans. Well, exactly. I think, uh, unfortunately, Eric and I are in the minority not having them. <laughs> Now, I have to say, All you elitists who have 401ks, you know. <laughs> I'm never going to retire. I have, I've, I've come to that realization having two more children relatively late in life. And, man, I'm just going to have to keep working to support them kind of forever. Well, the problem is that many people with 401ks who think that they're going to retire are not going to retire either, and that's kind of the essence of the problem. Now, it does, it does actually seem like a relatively simple and straightforward thing. I mean, you've got a 401k, you've got probably a limited number of funds you can choose to assign to your 401k. Um, where, where does it begin to get complicated? Well, I mean, it's actually a terrible system. I mean, if you, if you understand the history of pensions in this country, it used to be that employers actually cared about the financial welfare of their employees, and they provided pensions, which they guaranteed and managed. And then in the 1980s, somebody came up with this great idea of, well, why don't we offload all this to the employees? We're going to make every employee the chief financial officer of their own kind of pension plan, even if they don't know the difference between a stock and a bond. That wouldn't be so bad if these plans were run for the benefit of the employees, but they're run for the benefit of the employers and for the mutual fund industry. So employers don't want to even pay for the fairly modest cost of setting them up and administratively running them and bookkeeping. So they go to the mutual fund industry and the mutual fund families say, well, you, you shouldn't have to be burdened with that. If you let us put whatever funds we want in the plan, we'll absorb those costs. So the phase number one of selling out employees is an agreement to that deal. And, of course, what kind of funds and options do the, does the mutual fund industry put in these plans but very expensive funds that tend to underperform over the long term? And then the fund families go to other fund families and say, well, if you want to, part if you want to play in our sandbox and get a shot at gathering all of these assets, uh, you can do so, but you have to kick back to us. We call it revenue sharing. I call it kickbacks. And uh, so we're now going to populate this entire plan with no, ends of, no end of conflicts of interest. It probably still is in the best interest of employees to participate in it, 
the minimum necessary to get the the maximum employer match. But all these excessive fees and payoffs and costs and funds uh, diminish very significantly returns, and that's why we're headed for a retirement crisis. And the essence of your book, which I noticed is like in the top 100 at Amazon, I mean, it is a hit. So congratulations on that, by the way. Thanks. Actually, we just learned today that it's number eight on the New York Times bestseller list that will be out August 3. So we're very, wow. we are very pleased with that news. Well, that's even better than top 100 at Amazon, man. It is. That's yeah. very exciting. <laughs> yeah. So it is, it is a short and very well organized and very neat book, and, and it makes sense. So why don't you, I guess without giving away the store, I guess we still want people to buy the book, um, you know, why, why, can you give people a clue as to, you know, how to beat the rig system? As I understand it, there's 401Ks, there's 403Bs, there's uh, 457Bs, and there's IRAs. Maybe if you could right. give us a, maybe a quick run-through of what each is, and then, you know, what do you recommend? What, what should people sure. be looking out for? Okay. Uh, well, 401ks uh, are the are a plan that simply permits employees to contribute up to fifteen thousand five hundred dollars pre-tax. It's taken right out of their salary, and employers can match up to a hundred percent of that contribution. Most employers match about fifty percent up to. 6% of your salary. I mean, that's the way it works with most. 403Bs and 457Bs are just 401k plans, but it's a separate section of the IRS code that governs educators, nonprofit institutions, employees of nonprofits, and members of the clergy. So they're all roughly the same. IRAs uh, come in two flavors, traditional and Roth. Traditional is done with pre-tax dollars. Roth is done with after-tax dollars. What most people don't understand about traditional IRAs and 401ks, 403bs, while it sounds great, you're paying with pre-tax dollars and all the appreciation accumulates tax-deferred, there is going to come a time when you're going to want to take this money out when you've retired. And when you take it out, you're going to be taxed at ordinary income rates whatever they may be, and nobody knows what they're going to be in 20 or 30 years. They could be 80%. We don't know. They could be 2%. So you have that kind of unknown factor. And so I recommend that people do contribute, as I said, the minimum necessary to get the maximum corporate match. Uh, but I also believe that people should very seriously consider maxing out on their Roth IRAs because Roth IRAs you take out tax-free no taxes at all when you're 59 and a half. And you can, you can contribute to both a 401k and a Roth IRA. The Roth is, has a contribution limit of $5,000. And um, I, I assume you mean per year? Per year, per yep. Year. Okay. Yep. Uh, you have to meet certain income. Um, you can't make more than a certain amount of money to contribute to the Roth. But that's, that's basically the tax-deferred retirement system in this country. Unfortunately, it's not working because people just aren't saving enough. And because of these terrible investment choices, they're not getting market returns. So that's kind of a double whammy. Not saving, not getting decent returns equals not enough money to retire. Well, I have to say, hearing just kind of the quick overview of your advice, I, I feel quite a bit better about myself suddenly. 
Um, because it turns out, while I don't have a, I should say I don't use a 401k since my employer doesn't do any matching whatsoever. However, I, uh, I do have a Roth IRA, and I, I don't max it out, but I probably should. Well, you're doing a good job if you have a Roth. Uh, a Roth, and you've also done a very good job by making the decision that if your employer does not match, there really is very little benefit to participating in a 401k because, true, you don't get the tax deduction, but when you invest with after-tax dollars in your own account, you're going to get capital gains if you hold that money for a year and a day. And historically, at least, capital gains rates have been significantly lower than ordinary income rates. So I think that you've right. done a very, you've made some very good choices. Right, because capital gains right now I think is what 15% and the top marginal tax rate. That's right. Is 34, I believe. 35, I thought. 35. Yeah. Wow. So that's a big difference if you're up in the. Uh, you know, decent six figures range pulling that money out. Well, it's a very big difference, and keep in mind that you've set up your own tax deferred plan because you don't incur the capital gains taxes until you actually take that money out till you sell. So you can, you know, buy a low cost index fund or several low cost index funds, and they'll keep growing tax deferred until you cash them and take them out, and then when you do, you'll take it out at a capital gains rate. Very nice. So now, for the for the average person, the person just listening in who could be, you know, anywhere up and down the economic spectrum, could be self-employed, could be, could be employed by a large corporation, you know, anything in between, what are the essential matters that they should be looking for to help them make the correct decisions for what they need to do for their retirement? For me, you know, I just keep working till I die. Well, that's good. You're going to be like most people, though. Most people are going to keep working till they die, but out of necessity. You'll probably do it because you like doing what you do. And because I rock. Right. I mean, that's important. But for others, um, you know, they may, they may have no choice. Look, I think the basic uh, kind of a three-point, three-pronged approach I would take. One would be if your employer matches – Go ahead and, and max out, put in the minimum necessary to get the maximum employer match. But ask your employer, well, what kind of expenses are there in this plan? And why can't we reduce those expenses? Try to get as good a plan as you can possibly get. If you want a model for a great plan, take a look at the plan Congress has. They may not be great at doing much else, but they are great at setting up a 401k plan for themselves and other members of the government that is just a stellar plan. You can go to um, Thrift Savings Plan, tsp.gov, G-O-V, and you can see a plan that has very low costs, only index funds in them, and target retirement funds. So first max out, you know, exactly as I've indicated in your 401k. Then invest intelligently. Look to see if you have what are called target retirement funds, funds that automatically rebalance as you get older. You can just put everything in those funds, and they'll make all the decisions for you. Those are not right for everybody, but they're right for most people. Second, max out on a Roth IRA. Third, uh, set up your own investment account with a low-cost family like Vanguard or Fidelity. Do not rely on brokers or advisors who tell you they can beat the markets. There's no data indicating that anybody can do this with any consistency. Look for low-cost index funds, exchange-traded funds, passively managed funds. Invest in a globally diversified portfolio. Um, 
after you determine your asset allocation, division of your portfolio between stocks and bonds? I think that was the highest return that any listener to our show has ever had in the space of a few minutes. I think, mouthful. I, I think you just compacted it down and, and gave thousands of dollars per second to those who listen to you and follow. <laughs> it would make said. me feel good if people actually followed that advice. I mean, truthfully, that is why I write my books. I, mean, I write my books for every person. When I, you know, I get accused a lot of what an arrogant title, the smartest investment book you'll ever read, which was my previous book, and this one, the smartest 401k book you'll ever read. And I always say, look, I'm not saying they're the smartest books ever written. What I'm saying is they're the smartest ones that everybody can read, understand, and implement because right. we make finance so mystical and complicated that it intimidates people and we drive them into the arms of brokers and advisors who end up reducing their returns. Well, the book, uh, we, are, we are out of time, but the book is The Smartest 401k Book You'll Ever Read, and you can order your copy at blogtalkradio.com slash bcradio. Also, check out the, uh, the blog at smartestinvestmentbook.com. Uh, there's a button for the blog over there, and I think you'll find a lot of good advice. If, if you're not convinced already by the last few minutes, then uh, reading that blog ought to convince you that the, the book is worthwhile to get. I've actually made a scribbled note here. I'm going to order my own copy. Well, thank you very much for chatting with us tonight. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be with you. Thanks. Very valuable stuff. I, I think I even comprehended it. All right. Well, that, that was the ultimate test, and I'm glad it worked. It Thanks did. again. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, as we begin the final interview of the evening, this is BC Radio Live, a weekly production from blogcritics.org, hosted by Eric, Lisa, and Philip. America is obese. Americans are fatter than ever and getting fatter still. It's not just a problem for adults either. Even our children are overweight. And Dr. David Ludwig has seen this problem and has written about it, the problem and the solution, in his book, Ending the Food Fight, Guide Your Child to a Healthy Weight in a Fast Food, Fake Food World. You can order a copy of that book from blogtalkradio.com slash bcradio or visit the website at endingthefoodfight.com to find out more. Here to talk with us about the OWL program and his nine-week plan is Dr. David Ludwig. Welcome to BC Radio Live. Thank you. Good evening. Good evening. Well, I uh, I have a few young children myself, and I just want to – I'm going to kind of peek out my office slash studio window here. Okay, uh, since none of them are around to listen. Yeah, I, I've got one who appears to struggle with weight a bit. I, I don't mention it to her. <laughs> so I'm I'm quite interested, actually, in, in, your, uh, in your book. How, how, widespread of a, uh, how widespread of a problem is um, our children who struggle with, with weight gain? Well, this is arguably among the most important problems that this generation will face. Um, about one in three children are either overweight or obese today, and even the lean ones, even you know a you know family that might have an overweight child and a and a couple of lean siblings, those siblings, uh, if they don't have a problem now, are overwhelmingly likely to have one sooner or later. Because as adults, two thirds or three fourths of the American population are struggling with their weight. Wow. And what has caused those changes? Well, it's, uh, uh, in effect, the perfect storm of uh, 
all of the worst environmental factors that have converged today. And an invasion of our diet with the highest calorie, lowest quality product, products imaginable, driven by a massive multi-billion dollar advertising campaign from the food industry to get kids to eat this stuff. And at the same time, physical activity opportunities to, you know, to get active both in school and after school have essentially vanished from the lives of many children today. You know, a study that just came out found that um, activity level begins to de decline at about age eight. And so by age 16, half of teenagers do nothing physically active at all beyond walking. Amazing. I know there's been changes in schools, too, because I, I think back to when I was in school, uh, you know, you had to have a PE or gym or, you know, activity all the way through high school. And and then I have two older kids. They're in their early 20s. And by the time they came along, there were still requirements, but not as many. I think they had to have uh, perhaps two of the four years of high school. They had activities. And now I have two younger kids, four and eight, and I'm, I'm looking at the requirements now, and, and they just keep decreasing. It's the well, ultimate kind of... of it's the ultimate of really being penny-wise and pound-foolish, uh, uh, pardon the, the pun, because you know, the few dollars of savings that we might, school districts might make by cutting back on PE are going to cost vastly more in terms of caring for type 2 diabetes or cardiovascular disease, other complications of, of weight, um, not just later in life, but um, complications that are developing in childhood itself. We're seeing chronic conditions that were only observed you know, in middle age or old age, we're seeing those happening to children as young as 6, 8, and 10. I think... Now, for, you, oh, go, you, ahead. You, go ahead. Well, some people, some people would argue that, you know, as we, as we dig into biology, we discover, you know, things that appear to be fat genes and things like that. There are certainly things that separate, you know, people are different, their metabolisms operate differently, but you definitely make the case that you know, primarily, I guess, based on on dates, that it is more uh, nurture than nature, much more environmental than anything biological. Is that right? There's no question that genetics affects individual predisposition. Um, I used to, before I got into nutrition research, that was the main focus of of my work, looking at different genes. But you know, our genes haven't changed in the last 30 years as the epidemic has skyrocketed and. What has changed is the environment. Um, we live in what has been described as a toxic environment. Um, and while we all have to work to make the world a healthier place for kids to live, and that includes um, actions that are presently lacking from Washington, I, I, you know, it, it boggles the mind that you know the government has yet to initiate a, a truly comprehensive public health campaign to attack the problem. There's been considerable talk, but no regulations, for example, to um, control junk food advertising to young kids or to better fund the school lunch program or PE. So we all have to ultimately work to make the world a healthier place for kids, but until we can bring about those changes, the family is really the last bastion of protection for the child, and that's the focus of our book. It's things that families can do in the home to guide their children to a, a healthy weight, an active lifestyle, uh, a healthful diet, um, and both by understanding the, the ways that food choices affect our basic cellular metabolism 
and also to bring in the right parenting practices that can diffuse conflict in the home and promote cooperation. Can you kind of walk us through some of the some of the highlights of that of your approach? What are your yeah, recommendations? Well, the first thing is to get the science right. Otherwise, we put a lot of energy into ineffective lifestyle changes that, you know, take a lot of work but don't improve our health. For an example of that is the the excessive focus on low-fat diets for most of the last 30 or 40 years, almost everybody who wanted to lose weight cut back on fat. The problem is the, the relative amount of fat in our diet has very little to do with how much we weigh. And uh, so then the pendulum swung far in the other direction with the low-carb diets, which actually work better than low-fat diets for a while, but how long do you want to keep eating that bacon double cheeseburger hold the butt? And, uh, <laughs> So what we focus on is how the quality of the right fats and the right carbs and the right protein can decrease hunger, improve energy, support metabolism, and um, make for biological changes in the body that reward the effort that people put in to eating right. So it's like riding on a bicycle and suddenly getting into the right gear. You know, the, the work you put in to pedal the bike gets you... Uh, a lot of results. And then we have to bring in the right approach to physical activity. You know, kids are not designed to spend 20 minutes on a treadmill. Their bodies aren't equipped to do that, and their minds rebel against it. So we have to make physical activity fun again. And then with the right approaches to eating and physical activity, then we have to bring in parenting practices. So often parents using, with good intentions, you try to change their ch children's behaviors in ways that actually promote conflict and harm their children's self-esteem. So we talk about age-appropriate practices. What works for a four-year-old won't work for a 14-year-old. Um, and once we have all of these things together, families can make dramatic progress. Both the overweight child loses weight, the lean kids avoid a problem in the future, and the parents um, you know, have their see their blood pressure and cholesterol improve. <laughs> now, th this program is not just something you came up with on your own, right? I mean, this is this optimal weight for life program. And this is this something is, that's been yeah. going on for a while. Yeah, the book is based on the both the research as, as well as the clinical experience we've had um, in the Optimal Weight for Life Clinic at Children's Hospital Boston. We're one of the oldest and largest um, multi-specialty programs for overweight kids and their families in the country. We got started in the mid-90s, and since then we've seen over 5,000 families and kids. Um, so the, the nine-week program, which is translated from our clinic, is something that has been tested both scientifically as well as in practice. Um, and the book includes real-life stories of families from our program who have, many of whom have done really, really well, others who are still struggling because it's important to you know, to, for, for people who, who read books like this to understand that they're not in it alone. It's not always a straight path, as commercials on late-night TV might suggest, that be, profound behavior change can be challenging at times. And uh, ultimately, the people who succeed are the ones not who have an obstacle and stumble, but the ones who are able to then get back up, learn from that, and move forward. Can you give us an example, you know, just pick one family um, of your choice, whether it be those who have, you know, succeeded particularly well or those who are still struggling, and maybe just walk us through some of the specifics of that. You know, what, what have they done? 
what are they specifically doing and and what are the the net results of that right what can be so different i mean some families come in with really with high levels of motivation and and um cooperation and working well together and they just lack some basic knowledge like you know thinking that um a low fat diet you know cutting back on fat and eating all the refined carbs um was the right thing to do and we simply for those families you know at first it can actually be shocking to them when we say eat more fat you know um you know make sure to cook your vet cook the kids vegetables and in, in olive oil it makes it tastier. The olive oil is actually very nutritious. Eat avocado and nuts and um, you know other healthy fats. Um, they're shocked, thinking that that's going to make the weight problem worse. But in fact, the child, the kids become much more filled after a meal. That sense of fullness or satiety lasts longer, and the weight starts coming off much more easily than in the past without the focus on the calories. For other families. The, the dynamics are really the, the key, and that can take longer and can be more complicated. You know, we, uh, a common problem we see is that parents of young kids um, have, you know, ra- raised their children with inadequate limits and boundaries. You know, so four-year-olds wind up, if they don't like what's being made, offered for dinner, the, the, you know, the four-square meal that the parents are serving, they reject it, then the folks jump up and make mac- macaroni and cheese for the kids. What lesson does that teach? And without clear limits uh, about healthful eating from their parents, young kids learn about eating from our fast food culture and develop atrocious habits. By the time that kid becomes an adolescent and eating fast food and junk food, a weight problem generally develops. At that point, the parents might freak out and try to come in with very uh, controlling behavioral methods, but that makes a bad situation worse. Uh, because adolescents are a time for some more independence, and um, you know they need some freedom and some flexibility. So we talk to families of adolescents about ways to guide uh, their children to support um, behavior change, but at the same time resign the role of being the food police. Well, the book uh, the book is ending the food fight. Uh, it's got actually one of those nice long subtitles, Guide Your Child to a Healthy Weight in a Fast Food, Fake Food World. And it uh, does include a nine-week program to, to get things into high gear. Uh, you, you focus on a number of things. Each week has a highlight, a featured food, featured activity, uh, monitoring, rewards. Uh, I guess it's actually ten weeks because you spend one week preparing ahead of time. Is that right? Right. That's right. And, and then nine weeks of, of the entire family working together. Right. And uh, I think this is, this is an expensive week for me uh, because I'm, I'm making several notes of, of books that I'm going to have to pick up. And well, fortunately, ours, ours, just, ours just came out in paperback, so it won't take oh, you back very, very nice. far. <laughs> very nice. Well, uh, the website is endingthefoodfight.com, or you can order the book now in paperback from blogtalkradio.com slash bcradio or at the aforementioned website. And uh, we have reached the end of the show, the end of our hour, and uh, so now it's time to say farewell to all of our listeners and also to you. Thank you very much for uh, spending time with us tonight. Pleasure. Oh, let's see, I'm missing a button. There we go. 
Well, thanks again to Dr. David Ludwig and also to Daniel Stolen, Scott Morrow, and Shannon St. Ryan from earlier in the show. As always, a big thanks to Lisa and Eric for holding on the show. I am Philip Dan, and this has been DC Radio Live. We broadcast live every Wednesday night on CNC. Be sure to visit us live. To participate in the chat room and watch the live video feed, we do occasionally manage to type things into that room while we're on the air. If you do miss the live broadcast, audio archives are available online, or you can subscribe to the podcast or have YouTube video live a little bit. Until next week, aloha!